0: Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Strictly anonymous podcast. Conversations with authors. Op-
1: You want to be on the Strictly Anonymous podcast? You can be. I'm always looking for people to call in. It's called Strictly Anonymous because I change everybody's voices. But listen, if you're somebody that wants to be non anonymous, you know, you don't mind being out there, you could also be on my show. But most people want to remain anonymous. If you have like an interesting, naughty life that you want to talk about, uh, while remaining anonymous or you just want to talk about it and be you, you could be on the show. Send me an email, at gmail.com, or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show or go follow me at Instagram or Twitter and DM me there. Just give me some information about what you want to talk about. Not too long, not too short, not fucking 10 paragraphs. Uh, now listen, a lot of people email me and they want advice. I don't have the time to give advice via email. But what I do offer is a paid call. If you want to talk to me on the DL, those calls, I don't air. I offer that. It's uh, $100 for 45 minutes. I love those calls because I'm like helping people with their problems. And I love nothing more than to just fucking dissect shit. (laughs) Uh, So if you have a problem or an issue, and you want my advice, I can't do it via email. I hate typing and I just don't have the time. But you could do you could book that consultation with me. The information and the link or actually the link to the calendar to set that up is in the description now also if you want to call my confessions hotline you could do that the number is 347-420-3579 again 347-420-3579 you could call my confessions hotline and leave your confession i changed the voices there as well anytime call that 24 7. so today i have on Carlos. Now, Carlos is into BDSM, swinging, he's poly, and he's straight up non-monogamous, and he talks all about it. He's a good speaker, and he's informative, too. I learned stuff on this episode talking to Carlos. The way he broke certain things down, even just like threesomes, why he prefers male-male female threesomes to, you know, threesomes with two girls is actually interesting. But he starts off just telling his story about his past couple partners, how they were non-monogamous, and what went down. He got into BDSM. One of his first relationships, the girl was like a straight up slave and wanting him to be like the master. He was not into that. He's much more aligned with his current girlfriend, who, by the way, is going to be on the show. She's a very non-monogamous person, but he talks first about the first girl that got him into BDSM uh, and how he realized it wasn't very sexual and how he is a very sexual person. So he got into swinging and all kinds of other things as well. Because he does, like I said, he is very sexual and wants that to be a part of it. A lot of times with BDSM and kink, it's just not in that world. So he talks about how he went on to FetLife, started meeting people. That's where he met the first girl that got him into BDSM uh and then he met a woman who wanted to be like a slave and why he wasn't interested in being the master he breaks on the difference between slaves and submissives which i didn't really realize his current girl is a submissive in bed but equals in real life and that's what he digs uh like i said he's been mon- non monogamous with everybody all of his partners have been n- into non monogamy too and they've been swingers and they do all kinds of things he does talk about how he became polyamorous and the difference between polyamorous and non-monogamy. He talks about how they go to nudist camps. They have foursomes and threesomes and moresomes. <laughs> and his girlfriend is bi. He sometimes, he calls himself a a Sometimes he hooks up with guys. He talks about a, a best friend he had in college. Uh, it's an interesting story about that guy and how he hooks up with him every now and then. But it's kind of like a gay fantasy. He tells you... That story about the college friend, but mostly he's into being uh, the the dom in the relationship with his girlfriend. That's what he is now. She's not a slave. She's just a submissive. They are very equal. They have many different partners. He talks all about all the partners they have, all the hooking up they do, all the relationships, how it works, what works, what doesn't work. Do they get jealous? He talks about that. He loves seeing his partner get pleasured by another man. He talks about that. He does enjoy... this one camp event where there's like, I don't know, something called Sexorama going down and BDSM going down. And that's like the perfect world for him because it's like not just BDSM and not just swingers. It's both worlds uh, together. And that's where he likes to be. Those are his people, people that are very sexual and open-minded, but also into BDSM. And uh, there's just so much more. It's hard to get into everything that he says, and maybe I shouldn't because I give too much in my intros. <laughs> so I'm going to be right back on with Carlos.
0: This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast.
1: Um, hi, Carlos. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? Thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming on. I don't think I've had a BDSM person on recently, or maybe I have. There was a guy named Ron, I think. He was into branding and shit, you know. Um, You are in the BDSM kink world. You have an open relationship. You're dating a very open woman right now. You had a relationship before her that we're going to talk about. Your girl, eventually, the one that we talk about at the end, who you're currently with, is going to be on the show eventually, Mm -hmm. too. We'll talk about that. But why don't you tell... First of all, that's the correct like story, right? Like that's the tagline. Too. Yeah, like, correct, correct. Yeah, you, yeah. you got all right. Okay, good. <laughs> so why don't you just start telling your story, Carlos? I mean, you—it was the first wife that was. It was it your wife? Was it the first wife or your first girlfriend that got you into the B.S. world? A, relation,
2: a relationship between her. So I am, you know, obviously, I you changed my voice, but I have an accent. I'm not from the U.S. I'm from Latin America.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And when I moved to the states, I dated this girl who was also latin like me but he was born and when i moved to i had always read about non-monogamy and i was curious about it but growing up in such a catholic country i had never exploded yeah so when i moved to the US, i said you know what i'm in a new country nobody knows me here so i am free to fuck up and i when i went on dates i said you know i don't believe in monogamy so you know most people were like what but this one girl was, oh yeah, she had read a lot of feminist books, and she was all over then uh, you know we started dating and it, but she was she was also kinky, and she introduced me to the kink world, but it's funny because she was a top, she wanted to spank me, and she wanted to to beat me, and you know me being young and curious, I was like, sure, you know, let's explore this, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really that much into it and when i well now it's my turn now i get to spank you now i get to she wasn't into it so that relationship didn't last long but that opened my eyes for this world because i thought it was only on porn i thought oh this only happens on porn that doesn't happen in real life but yeah. she to, she told me about spanking clubs which was something i had never heard of so so that was my eye opener
1: oh my god what happens at the spanking clubs did you guys go um, I haven't
2: been to a spanking party in a long time. That's a subset of of the BDSM world. Mm-hmm. that, And it's basically only about spanking. You know, men and women bent over. It's like these private parties, and they get spanked, and they're into it. I kind of lose track of that world because at first I was very curious, and that sounded wonderful. But it's very non-sexual, and I'm a very sexual person, and that's something I want to talk about. And, you know, there's this boundaries between sexual and swinging and and bdsm a lot of people in the bdsm world tend to be non-sexual yeah and i'm in, and i'm in this group that is both i like both and i actually like swinging too so um so that's why i didn't go to the spanky parties but that's just where people meet each other and spank each other is that is just
1: like it sounds and they're social you know It's just a party. Yeah, it's funny that you say that BDSM is and people in that world are not very sexual. That was one of the most eye-opening things I discovered when I first started doing my show. I did my show like I started my show about eight years ago and i talked to a guy that was into bdsm now that was when 50 shades of gray was all the rage and stuff so i was very excited to get him on and i mean to me i never read that book but i i got the sense that that book was very sexual and it was like hot and it was like you know all girls were trying you know being tied up and fucked and all this stuff because of 50 shades of gray and then i get this guy on And he's very into the BDSM world, and he explains to me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, there's no sex going on here. It's like my manipulation and a lot of writing and homework. And then I, you know, and then I got schooled on it. And, you know, that is the truth. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that. I only understand it because I do my show and I interviewed people that do this. But I think most people on the outside think BDSM is like, you know, a scene they see in porn, which is all sex. But it's really not.
2: It's it's not. Now, they do overlap. And there are BDSM events that are sex-friendly, sex-positive. Yeah. Um, uh, I go with my current girlfriend Mm -hmm. to a couple of summer events. Mm -hmm. Those are my favorite type of, of, of BDSM events because they are outdoors. They are like campgrounds or like... One of them is a a literal campground that gets rented, you know, like during when it's not this event, it's like a kid's campground and the owner, (laughs) the owner rents it with cabins and people tend and, you know, everybody's running around naked and people are getting tied to trees and fucked everywhere. And it's just the most amazing. It's my favorite week of the summer. I spent my whole year waiting for that week. And there's a few of those around, um... Um, that, that people go to in, in different states and, you know, weekend, uh, weekend in the woods, things like that. Um, so those are my favorite. So uh, continuing with my story, if, if I may. So then, you know, I dated this girl. Um, we didn't last long, but then I, you know, okay, so if she's into the spanking thing, there must be other people. And then I did um, some search and I, when we broke up, I started exploring more and I found this website, which you have mentioned many times and I want to talk a little bit more about it. Uh FetLife. <laughs> Funny enough, I found Life reading about um about BDSM in Wikipedia of all places. I'm
1: sorry, but the people that own Life must have gone into that Wikipedia and put their fucking website in. That's kind of smart. I should go put my my podcast in places on Wikipedia.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was on the links, you know. And yeah. I, I I I at first I signed off actually my date, my birth date. Is on like wrong because when I signed up, because I didn't know if it was a spam website or whatnot. And I spent months there just browsing and learning and reading and opening my mind to this new world until I went to a local event. That And, and so a lot of, uh, in, different, in Fed life you can find there are a lot of local groups. They have these things we call munches. It's a social gathering and it can happen on a restaurant. And people, and it's non-sexual, non-play, you just show up, you meet people, and people talk, and you know, and when you're a newbie, it's, you're very shy, right? Because you, you've never been in, into this world, you think it's, you're gonna, you're afraid people are gonna judge you, or you're not gonna be welcome, or, or what's gonna happen here, and oh, it's a very informal thing, it's like going to a, a meetup of people who like, I don't know, knitting, or, yeah or, <laughs> and, that's how you meet people yeah. and it's a layer of safety the important thing about the munches is that people you know nobody wants to invite you to their home or to their bdsm dungeon or to their sex party without knowing you that's very so people get to know you and you go a lot of um groups locally i mean it's much easier in bigger cities now i live in the middle of the woods so i have to drive away an hour or two to cities i have many cities around but i i live further away from from cities now but so there's no munchies where I live, but in big cities, and you get to know people and you connect, and and then eventually you get invited to a to a play party or you hear, you know, what the dungeons are in your in whatever city you are. So I start going to one of those, and that's where I met my now ex-wife in in one of those events. Uh, I I met her on a class. It was a rope class. Um, for for your listeners who don't know, that's a subset of BDSM has many subsets. People who like needle play and like to, you know, um, get needles on them and that hurts. It's a lot about pain and sensations. People who like rope and getting tied up. So my current girlfriend is a rope top. She likes to tie up people. She doesn't tie me because I'm not a bottom. But um, there is. So I went to a rope class out of curiosity. I really never got into rope. And that's when I met her and and you know we we started chatting and then we met in another event in another munch and so on and you know one day i asked her out for for lunch first date i said to her you know i don't do monogamy she's like yeah I, that's fine i don't i'm okay with that she um but so then, then i started learning and i was very new you know and so i've learned a lot by my mistakes you that's how life works she is what what people uh in the bdsm world identifies as a slave and there is a big difference my current girlfriend is a submissive but my current girlfriend is a submissive in bed when we are in bed or playing i you know i hate her i i restrain her you know do, do mean things to her uh, so in bed we, i'm in charge and she does as i say but in regular life we're equals we make decisions together that, that's just a, a sexual thing. Slaves like to be uh, submissive 24-7. That's oh, another word.
1: Interesting. Are you turned on by what you hear? I know I'm totally turned on by what I hear. And that's why I love Dipsy Stories. Dipsy is an app full of short, sexy audio stories made just for you. No matter what you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy has something for you, whether you want to hear stories about two girls or two guys or a threesome or some or solo play. You're going to find it on Dipsy. They have hundreds of stories to choose from and they release new content every week. So there's always something new to explore. Dipsy also has sleep stories and wellness sessions, and they also offer written stories. And you know what I love about Dipsy the most is their jump to the action button. So if you're really horny and you want to get right to the part where the action starts, you just click a button and it takes you right there. So what are you waiting for? Go get Dipsy now. And for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsiestories.com/slash strictly anon, that's thirty days full access for free. When you go to d-i-p-s-e-a stories.com/slash strictly anon, dipsiestories.com slash strictly anon or just go to the description click on the link to get 30 days of free access i never yeah. i wouldn't know the difference i didn't even know yeah. she was into being a slave and the difference yes. between a slave and a submissive a slave is the submissive 24 7 correct interesting okay i no one ever made that distinction to me before okay go on and people
2: who are slaves and you know now i can tell from experience i learned uh, they are more all about the the dominance and being taking control over. Mm-hmm. So, and that was not something I was looking for at the time. Uh, it sounded wonderful, right? I'm going to have this person um, who's going to do anything I say, you know, jump and she jumps. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a little more complicated than that. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was thinking with my dick, right? So it's this is going to be the best sex I'm going to have. And it was for many years we had great sex and I would do but they are also looking for somebody to make decisions for them. I mean, it's a lot easier yeah. when somebody... Being an adult is hard, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to make decisions. <laughs> it's like if having a baby. Making... It's
1: like having a baby, you know.
2: Exactly. And if somebody's making decisions for you, then you can make a mistake. It's their mistake. Yeah. The other thing is I really wasn't cut out to it. I, I Being somebody's um, owner... And you just have to want it. And there are people who love that stuff. There's a whole subset of BDSM 24-7. There are books about it. There are societies about it. There are conferences about it. Um, That people go and learn how to be slaves. And they even have, you know, competitions or or, or classes. I went to a bunch of those. Um, But that ended up, she, she wasn't happy because I wasn't taking control of her. I wasn't telling her how to dress. I wasn't telling, for example people who follow they call this high protocol you know there's a way to talk and they don't do it in public but they do it in private they only talk to each other sir and different people do it differently there um there are people who you know ask their master for permission to sit ask their master to for permission to do things there and i was never into that that mood all the time it is really hard you have to really be into it so Maybe there are some of your listeners who really want this and are, and they're and going to be like, oh, so other people are into this. So good for no, them. I, I think mean- it's
1: more an extreme. And I think that, you know, most people always fall somewhere in the middle. So I, I don't think that most people would be down for that either. I just think it's a certain personality type and it's definitely not the majority because, like you said, it's a lot of work. Uh, I think It just takes a certain kind of guy. I have spoken with those kinds of masters on my show, you know, and it definitely is a certain kind of personality type. I don't you know, and I think you're either that way or you're not. But you were never let me ask you a question, though, about this girl, because you were like, I'm not. You know, I'm non monogamous. Besides the BDSM stuff that you were doing with her and she was a slave, were you guys getting into because you said you wanted the sex stuff too? Were you guys into swinging and that stuff as well? Or were you just in the BDSM world?
2: I took her to a couple of swing clubs and now that I look back, that was a big mistake. I, I she wasn't into it. She wasn't happy with it. And you know, I kind finally got the hint of it and I stopped <laughs> yeah. I stopped pushing her. Yeah. So that's one of my guilt of my marriage that I really force her into something she didn't want and the communication was a clear so i mean i'm gonna get a little bit ahead here but our marriage failed because i was a selfish prick and she was dishonest
1: (laughs) (laughs) i I love that you could take accountability for your side of things because a lot of times people just want to be like one person's the victim the other person's the perpetrator but you could see both you're both both
2: (laughs) yeah and she i mean she really wanted this master-slave thing. I really wanted to get my socks off, and there was a disconnect. I she had no problem with me sleeping with other people. Yeah. And I I had sex. You know, I would go to some parties that were sex, um sex-positive, and I would have sex with people. And I even dated long-term a couple of people during our marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, those oh really? Then, yeah, yeah. Uh, so 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 uh, and this is an interesting story. So um, another part of the story that I haven't told you. I don't think I told you this in in an email. We were both very overweight. Now we are not because we both had gastric bypass surgery
1: at the same time.
2: No, she had it two years before okay. me. So okay. we both lost a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. And so before the the weight loss, I we were normal. I would allow her to fuck other people. I actually kind of I I am uh, I think you the word most people use is stag. I like watching. I don't. Yeah. I I love watching uh, my women having sex with other men. And uh, so, but she didn't want to have that. She didn't want to, that wasn't her thing. She didn't mind that I did it. Um, so after the weight loss, that changed her a lot. This is really where the marriage starts to really crack. <laughs> because, um, and I don't know if you had any other gastric bypass people in your, in your program before. I, have, I don't remember hearing anybody. Um, when you lose all the weight, people start treating you different. Even she told me that even her coworkers would be nicer to her. Um, so then she starts she starts getting more self confident, and then she starts asking w- for what she wants more, which is was a good thing. I was actually happy for her. Right. Um, but um, so then, for example, one of the things that changed is we went from non monogamous to polyamorous, and there's a there's a subtle difference. Depends. Well, you know, vocabulary is subjective, so everybody says different things, but. No monogamous it means you can sleep with other people. It polyamorous just sucks. means yeah exactly. Yeah, polyamorous means you can fall in love with other people, which we sort of were because I dated people, so we yeah. were like in some gray area. Um, but she wasn't, and she said, "No, no, now I want to, I want to be polyamorous." And she started dating people. She met people on like cupids. She first met this guy who I really like. You know, I hope they are still together. I don't talk with her anymore. You'll hear. Um, and. Um so she started exploring more and meeting more, more people, but she started wanting more demanding on her BDSM. Now I want a master. So she eventually met somebody who who wanted to do the master thing and wanted he he's also a new, he was a newbie to the lifestyle, but I guess he had read the books or he, he really wanted the nominance 7 Yeah. And you know, good for her. Um that's what she wanted what I didn't see at the time was, and this was about boundary. this is where she started doing the Like at the beginning, I would say I'm, I'm the one in the wrong. I'm the selfish one who, who, you know, is only thinking about his dick and not taking care of her. Knee. It's fine. I'll take my responsibility for that. But then this guy, a warning signs, number one that I should have seen, he refused to meet me. And that was, a uh, that was a red flag from the beginning for me. Why won't he meet me? So, and, um, B, I s I didn't notice her at the time, but she started changing. And it was because she was in the 24-7 relationship with him. And you know, I also we had, you know, marriages are complicated. She started changing, and we start going to couples' therapies, and she starts complaining about me and how selfish I was. Well, and you know, things change a lot, and the marriage is declining. So here is where. I am not proud of this because this, uh, anybody who's polyamorous listening to this will say, okay, that's a, li- that's a line I cross. But then one day I, it hit me with all the problems we were having that this guy must be blending in my marriage. So I went into to hear emails, and there were emails from him telling her what to say on her couple's therapy session.
1: Oh, <laughs> her master. <laughs> that's yeah. what she loves, the, her guy of her dreams. <laughs> yeah.
2: So yeah. that's, you know, and I confronted her, and then the marriage was over.
1: Let me tell you something fantastic, okay? (laughs) I no longer need a second cup of coffee anymore during the day. And you want to know why I don't? It's because I incorporated Magic Mind productivity drink into my morning routine. I take it alongside my coffee and I'm more productive, more focused and alert throughout the whole day. And that's because Magic Mind has nootropics inside that improve attention, focus, and cognition. So if you're like me and you want to improve your attention and get more shit done without getting jacked up on too much coffee, then get yourself some Magic Mind. Go to magicmind.co slash strictly and use my discount code strictanon. You're going to get 56% off your first subscription or off your first one-time purchase. That's code STRICTANON. Use it at magicmind.co slash strictly. Now, because that 56% off only lasts for 10 days. So hurry up and get yourself some Magic Mind. If you're hearing this after the 10 days is up, don't worry. You can still get 20% off with my code STRICTANON. Use it at magicmind.co. Co slash strictly or just go to the description and click on the link. But I mean, I'm sure and I think you've said it in other ways that you understand why that was never going to work to begin with. You always weren't satisfied because you weren't interested in being a master. She really wanted that. She finally found it. You're both happier without each other because you were never really well suited, perfectly suited for each other to begin with.
2: No, no, and she was wonderful in other ways. Yeah, but we were never matched in this in this sense.
1: Yeah. So it all wound up better. You both wound up going your separate ways. And listen, in a weird way, that gastric bypass surgery for the both of you was life changing because it set you guys down the right path. You weren't meant to be together forever. And that helped her get her voice so she could go out and find what she really wanted and help you because you weren't fully satisfied there either because you didn't want to be that master. You wanted your equal like the girl you're with now. Exactly. Yeah. So talk, things like that, yeah. big things like that. When someone says, hey, I've been overweight all my life and you know what? I don't want to fucking be this person anymore or whatever. Or, or I've been drinking my whole life. I want to put that down. Those are big, pivotal moments in someone's life. And I think a, a lot of times things change because of that. But it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. So the like the dissolution of your relationship because of that was like a positive thing. You guys, things like all the wrongs were righted. You know, you guys wound up being more of who you are and aligning with people who were more right for you. So it was a very pivotal moment and a great moment for the both of you.
2: Yeah. I mean, now I have a life that I I love and I'm having, you know, I'm living the dream. Sometimes I want to pinch myself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's get to your dream. Okay. So you guys end now, Mm. now go on because you're such a good story. So I
2: moved to a, I moved to a different area, more rural, but now I'm not this corporate job that I hate. Now I'm not, not for profit. Um, so I can manage to, and I make a lot less money, but I'm a lot happier. And that was a problem. We had a lot of money issues too. So now, now my fear of moving here was that I was, I was going to be um, in a rural area, and how am I going to meet kinky people? I was yeah, but I met my current my current girlfriend, which is by the way, one of my partners. She's my nesting partner. We live together, but I have other people that I see. I have a partner near your area in New York, and that is a long distance thing, and we see each other occasionally, but we talk a lot. I have somebody else local that is more sexual. She's not into the BDSM. Um, So we're both poly. My nesting partner has a couple of other partners. So we all date other people. Um, One of them is married. And sometimes we have four sons, you know, her partner and their wife. And we all hang out. So I met my current girlfriend through Tinder of all places, but my profile said that I was kinky. So she, you know, we liked each other and we started talking and she, she's been polyamorous her whole life. She's into BDSM and I always goes through the same type of events that I, that I, that I go to. Um, she's very self-aware and, and, you know, knows what she wants in life and is not afraid to ask for it. Um, so basically, I mean, or, or best, we live for the summer because we spend the whole summer, going to events or or camping and naked or nudist campgrounds you know a a lot of nudist campgrounds are not uh are not sexual but but a lot of the events that we go to are either swingers or bdsm or a mix of both
1: right because you want Uh, the sexual aspect of these experiences correct correct
2: um And, you know, we're always going to Munches and because we're in a rural area, we have about three metropolitan areas, but all of them are about two two hours away from us. So we have we have like groups on on each of those cities that we go to. So (laughs) we don't have a weekend that it's up, that it's free. There's always some weekend, some kink party, some BDSM dungeon that we're going to or or we have so many friends that we have sex with. This, this weekend, we just had a foursome with a couple that we know that are wonderful. And, um, and so,
1: yeah. What, how do you guys yeah. label it yourselves? Are you both into members of the same sex? Or are you just... You know, are you only with women? Is she with women and men? Are you with men and women?
2: She is bisexual. Mm-hmm. She, uh, I define myself as heteroflexible.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. So
2: you know, when we're in a foursome and if the other guy is heteroflexible too, you know, hands go places and it's all fine. Yeah. I, I don't seek relationships with men, uh, or dates with men. I do. I do have a partner in in Europe. Uh, that I and this is a funny story with him because he was my best friend in college, mm-hmm. and he was a total womanizer, and I was I'm a scientist, so I was a geeky scientist, you know, nerdy. I was terrible with the girls, and he was like the womanizer, good-looking guy. So, but you know, many years later, I came out to him as all the kinky stuff, and he came out to me as bisexual. So now every time I see him, which is you know every three years when I'm in Europe or something, uh, we play, and it, for me it's like an ego thing, like yeah, I used to go. And he's submissive. So you used to get all the women when we were in college and now you submit to me.
1: Oh wow. Kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like a hot fan that's like a hot gay fantasy, don't you think? <laughs>
2: yeah. So that's probably the only guy. And but in general I am i way more into women than men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um Oh, there was a couple of things I wanted to say about Lives, that because you mentioned the website a couple of times in your in your show. And um, the one thing about FedLife to know is that um, FedLife is really not a dating app for those who are, have never logged in and say, oh, that's when I'm going to log in. Uh, FedLife is more of an educational social media. So people hate it when randos on FedLife text them, oh, you, let's go on a date. That's not what it is for. It is really good for, for just finding munchies and finding events and showing up and meeting people in person.
0: Mm-hmm. and
2: and that's the thing if any of your listeners are you know wondering I want to get into this world but I'm shy I don't know how to go about it don't go and create a FedLife account and start messaging people but if you go and you actually make the effort and you go to munches and you get to meet people uh, and you know and take the classes there's always a local group you know safety about ropes, safety about spanking safety about whips, safety about that's how you because you can get hurt with this thing you know yeah um, it is some of this stuff is dangerous. some stuff they they call it edge play, which is like, for example, um, choking choking is one that they call edge play. That can get really dangerous really quick. I don't do choke. I well, uh, yeah, bit, but- I
1: advise against that shit. I had a girl yeah. on once, Casey, and she talked about mm-hmm. choking and the guy like choked her out to the point where she passed out. I just think it's, you know, not a yeah. game to be played. It's, you know, exactly. The stakes are too high. It's like your fucking life. It's dumb, you know, just to get off. Do everything else. Do something else.
2: Um, yeah. Or, for example, I went to a class the other day about knife play. Uh, my girlfriend loves that. And so, you know, how to clean the knives and, and make sure, you know, you use these wipes, these these medical grade wipes, because those are the ones who kill all the germs, not just the Lysol ones. Yeah. That, oh, my um, goodness. Yeah, so that, that kind of thing. So when you go to the classes and everything, you know, like my girlfriend is into rope. So, rope, you know, don't get your arms numb. You know, it looks beautiful. The pictures, rope pictures. I just don't have the patience for rope. That's why I don't do it because it's really a science of doing the knots. And, but if you are suspended on a rope and people lo- love that, like a rope rig where you're hanging out, but hanging off the, off, you know, the ceiling, but you can lose, uh, you can do the nerve damage if you're not careful.
1: Wow, yeah, that exactly. And I cuz listen, a lot mm. of times when I have BDSM people on, a lot of people, like the regular people that are listening will be like, "Oh, I could never do that to a woman." I think that they always assume that a man that is hurting, quote unquote, women in this way is somebody that doesn't like them, that doesn't you know, and I what I think is interesting about you is that you have said and i think it's apparent by how you've been speaking you know you do you wanted your equal you don't see your girl as beneath you you don't want that it, she's a submissive in the bedroom and that's where this kind of play mm. It is it's not it's not about uh, uh hating women or hurting women right i mean i don't know
2: Talk no about no it. no i see them as my equal in the bedroom or or in the dungeon because we do this in public too
1: yeah it, it is a, i mean
2: i'll admit to it it's a little bit misogynistic in the yeah. moment it's like yeah i have a high of i'm superior to you but that's you know just just fantasies just getting up you know it's just like some people dress as a, Okay, I'll give you an ex- an example. Some people dress as a school um, Catholic schoolgirl, yeah, or or some people uh, dress as the maid and uh, whatever, you know. And that doesn't mean that you are. you know, That's just a fantasy. That's just that. Uh, so the same thing with with the with the BDSM sex submissive.
1: I want to get to that stuff where, like, you know, you came to this country as somebody that who had never done anything before. But when did you realize that you were into? watching your girl be with another guy. You know what like what was that first experience about and what is it like now for you? Um
2: I think that that first girl that I dated that was that was Kiki who wanted to top me. Yeah. We when we talk about non-monogamy, when she the first time she had uh, she made out with some guy. She told me I went to a party and made out with him. And oh god, that gave me an instant hand on. That yeah. was just And I knew, and I had watched all the porn, so it was kind of, so I sort of knew that that was something that excited me, but when it really happened to me, Um, then I remember with my ex-wife going to, when we went to swing clubs, and it was amazing seeing her with other men. That was just, um, yeah. And and she didn't, she was okay with me having sex with other women, but she didn't, like she told me, it doesn't arouse me. I'm okay with that. I don't care if you do it. But for me, it was hard. It was hard for me to know that she was sleeping with other men and she didn't really want to. That was the, that was a sad part. But, you know, with, with the current partner from mm-hmm. the first date, from the beginning, I said, this is what I'm into. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, one of her partners loves sharing too. And we are all about the group sex. So it's been great. Or we, we go to parties where that happens. And, you know, some, sometimes, We tend not to do it with people that we just met. It's very rare that I think it has happened, but we usually go on a date first or meet them. And then at the party at the dungeon or at their house, we will have, we will have a foursome or, um, oh, the other day we were, we were in Canada and we met, it was amazing. We met, she threw an an app called field. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned that. So we met a guy and we, uh, we hung out with him. He was French-speaking, and we had a threesome, and it was great. Um, now, in that threesome,
1: do you hook up with the guy too, or no, are you always looking I, for guys that are open, or it's it's cool if they're just with your girl?
2: I was cool with him. Yeah, no, he was. I just watched, and well, we you know took, took turns on her. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit shy, which she loves the shy guys. So I didn't want to push that. We had not, you know, there's this whole process of negotiation. And because he was a very, uh, he was very newbie. That's one thing I like about experienced people. With experienced people, you can go and say, okay, what are you into? You know, mm-hmm. and be upfront. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, I can, mail to mail is okay. And you can be, with newer people, they are shyer. So they are not as upfront of the needs of what they want. Mm-hmm um uh, with you know with experienced bdsm player okay so you go by the color code which is yellow and red red means stop yellow slow down and i and i have a feel and you know some people have low pain tolerance some people amaze me my girlfriend is like that she has she really likes a good i mean i leave marks on her butt like red yeah she loves it she loves She loves it she's like and she, that's what she wants. Sometimes it amazes me. I mean, I I love giving it to her. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Yeah. But sometimes I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the marks the next day and the bruises, and I'm thinking, wow, I can't believe she likes this. <laughs> but she does.
1: How so old's your when... girl? I'm sorry? How old's your girlfriend now that you're with? Your She's in her 30s. She's in yeah. her 30s. Yeah. And did she and... ever have relationships like this before you? Or like was she open always? Uh, she's never been monogamous since
2: since high school or college or something yeah her her first college experiences were non-monogamous she dated women um uh yeah she had she had actually when i met her she was dating somebody and they were he wasn't too 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 um clear that he wanted the the poly thing mm-hmm. and when then she met me and she went to him by the way I met this guy and i think we're gonna go start going out that guy was like no i don't think i'm comfortable with that and she told him oh you're not comfortable when then this relationship is ending because this is not how this is going to work
1: right she's straight Uh, up about what she's i can't wait to talk to her she's going to be on for sure but um so she was she was like you always straight up about who she is and she's always lived in non-monogamous life how many like right now how many other relationships do you guys have
2: so We, I have two relationships and she has two relationships officially. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So, uh, only of my two, uh, so actually we all have, we both have threes, three, but you know, one of those three is us. So we have two extras.
1: Is it important for you guys to make your guys relationship primary or on the top or is everything equal? No, we are, we are
2: what they, we call hierarchical. And that's a taboo subject for a lot of poly people because they think that's wrong. A lot of people are like, no, everybody has to be equal.
1: I don't think uh, you should be equal. I think hierarchical. That's when you make your relationship the primary one and tend to it as the top, right? That's what that means?
2: Yeah, we live together. We, you yeah. know, eventually, you know, if we get married, we'll come commingle finances, which, you know, is not something we haven't decided, but it's also mm-hmm. not out of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a matter of a structure. It's really how society favors monogamy. So having there, we have friends who are what they call solo poly. We have friends, actually, one of her partners is solo poly. He has multiple partners, mm-hmm. and they're all equal. And that's how he decides to live. And you know, awesome, good for him. But we think having the structure of a home and a couple, and where you make your life with, but at the same time being open to have other loving relationships on on the side um uh, that's the structure that works for us mm-hmm. so and so i have two partners one is very close it's about an hour drive she's um older than me she um, she's on her early 50s and that's mostly a sexual relationship i saw her last night we just had sex you know and and the the other one is long distance and it's very it's romantic we call each other almost every night she is into BDSM, so when I see her, I also beat her. Uh, <laughs> act- actually, I intro- funny enough, Sorry. I introduce her. I introduce her. She has a pri- She's far away from me, right? Yeah. But she has a primary. I introduce her to that primary.
1: Oh really? Uh, you got her hooked up with her primary relationship. That's yeah, interesting.
2: we we went to this camping event that I mentioned. And, you know, and, uh, oh, this is my friend so-and-so and and he's a nudist and he was in that camping place too, you know, and he was also beating girls and, (laughs) and, and having sex and doing the whole thing. And they hit it off and they started dating and I'm, you know, happy for them. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, and it's worked. They are also long distance, but they seem, they have become a lot closer. Right. Um, So, um, my for example one thing is we have at at least so far the the plan is not to have kids Mm -hmm. so one of her of my girlfriend's partners is married and has kids and has a a two-year-old so my girlfriend goes to his house and hangs out with her with her family and knows her kids and she loves hanging out with them and she gets her two-year-old time and like baby time and she you know uh, she loves that so my uh, her partner, they know that they can count on her, sometimes ask her for ch- child care help, you know. Babysitter. So it, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they don't do it every week, but occasionally. That's so, that's and, how
1: she gets her baby fixed, because she's not going to have babies with you, is what you're saying.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, it works It works for everybody. Um, and, you know, there are certain things about each of us that are different. Um, I, am, I tend to be, I told you that I'm a scientist, so I tend to be a very cold person calculating in the sense you know very non emotional decisions um, and that works for certain things but that can bother people that used to uh my ex wife was an artist so that you oh, know there's exactly yeah that yeah. Uh-uh. yeah personality so if you want different personalities of different things from different people that's how the poly works for us
1: mhm yeah Right. so you're not putting all your eggs in one basket what you don't get from her you' you're free to go out and get from somebody else and vice versa now are there ever any kind of jealousy that happens between you guys like what are the are, are anything like that or are you guys both so super open and professionals that you are no, there
2: there is jealousy there is jealousy it doesn't happen very often I think I mean we're I think we're great at poly and I'm just saying I'm not just saying that I think based on all the things that I've seen but I can tell you a couple of, of of little jealousy events that happens. One of her partners, the one that has kids, the other day we were in a party, and he went and told her something like, you know, something on the lines of, "Go make me a sandwich on a picnic," and it sounded very bossy to me at the moment, mm-hmm. and it kind of gave me a little bit of trauma of my wife's submission to another man. And I got really, really, like, and I went and spoke with her. And she was just asking me to make him a sandwich. It wasn't a big deal. But, you know, that day I got, and I didn't get mad at her. She didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. It's just that I got jealous.
0: Yeah, Um, you were
1: triggered.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I think my, my girlfriend gets the most jealous is because we live together. So we don't do the BDSM as often, the whole beatings and chains and whips. So, uh, sometimes, you know, I go to, we go to a new party, we go to a new dungeon, and then I meet somebody else. And, you know, new new energy, right? New person, and she wants me to be her. So, 10 minutes later, she's on the San Andrew's Cross, you know, this train, and I'm flogging her or whatever. And, you know, sometimes my girlfriend is like, you haven't done that to me in two weeks. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it happens, you know, you talk about it and that's the best thing and you know and it's true i haven't done that to her in two weeks so um uh, you know the other day i was in a party and there was a it's a long story it was a little bit of drama i wasn't getting along with somebody in the party it was in a i wasn't in a good mood and then suddenly i see my girlfriend and she's fucking one of her partners you know and i got i don't know i was in a bad mood and i was i got really really jealous for some reason, which I normally do, I usually, but at the same time, it was this mixture of jealousy and it was so fucking hot because I was oh, so fucking jealous.
1: Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. a little cuck in you.
2: Yeah. And she asked me later, it's like, weren't you jealous? Were you upset? And I said, yes. And she's like, why? Oh, no, I was having my own issues. Like they didn't do wrong, anything wrong. I, I have seen them have sex multiple times. I have enjoyed. I have enjoyed it. I have joined them, but that day I was jealous. I mean, it happens. It's it's just human nature. Yeah. And but you deal with it. You talk about it, and and a lot of times uh, we have another friend. I mean, and, and that happens. That's a uh, that's a warning sign when you when you date couples or when you you know? Well, my rule. My rule is no kissing. My rule is no. And you know, if they're newbies, we sort of understand and let it go because we know that newbies get used to losing those rules. Yeah. If it's somebody who's been around for many years and still has too many strict rules, you know, we start thinking, well, you know, this they should probably... I mean, to each their own. We respect the rules. If the rule is, you know, no holding hands, we won't hold your hands. Uh, but but that, to me, usually sends a signal, like, this person needs to do a little bit of work, because if you've been non-monogamous for five years... Um, at the end of the day, look, nobody... I'm not, I do not have, even though I like the whips and chains, I do not have my girlfriend chained to my bed. <laughs> right. if, if she wants to leave me tomorrow, she can grab her things and leave. Even if we were married, she can file for divorce. So there's no point in being jealous. Uh, you might as well enjoy life. If things end, they're going to end. That's it. There's nothing I can do about it. I wouldn't say that I wouldn't be brokenhearted, but, uh, but uh, I might as well enjoy enjoy life while it lasts and and try to to make her happy and be honest when i am not that's that's all you can do
1: right and know that if the ending comes you could de- you'll deal with it it'll just be over and yeah it'll be painful but life goes on and i think that, that that's sometimes the biggest fear about it you know for sure yeah. do you guys share partners um we don't have long term so we don't
2: have long term her two partners and my two partners are uh, we don't share them but Occasionally, there would be sex in between us. So yes,
1: like right, because you have foursomes with your partners, right? Because I mean, she's into women, so I would does she sleep with your female partners? Yeah,
2: she has done treason with two of them, with the two of them. And Mm -hmm. again, these two that I'm mentioning are the the two that I see regularly. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of other people that I have sex that I have sex occasionally with, but these two that I see regularly, she has she has had treasons with both of them. I have had threesomes only with one of her partners with the other one. I never have had, but I would, you know, because he's also long distance. The occasion has never arise. I will tell you one thing about threesomes though. I do prefer threesomes with two men and a woman than two women and a man. How come Uh, because if you're having sex with two women, you have to last for the two of them and you have to like, when you're having sex with the first one, you're like, until she comes, you're like thinking, you know, okay, think about taxes think about.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, duh, uh, so, that makes sense. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then you're like worried that you're going to, you have to please two women. And it's like, you know, you have to make them come. And it's like, so I, you're a little stressed about that. If you're having a treason with two men and a woman, a woman, you know, just if you come, doesn't matter. The next guy is going to take over. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna, and by the time he's done, I, you know, I can recover. Um, I wouldn't say very quickly. It takes me, you know, 10, 20 minutes, but I can, I can usually have two goals at it. Um, so it's less, it's, um, it's less pressure and she enjoys a lot more. That doesn't mean that I don't like trisomes with two women. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's an ego booster. I mean, mm-hmm. my first threesome. I, I never had a threesome with my ex-wife with two women. We had trisomes with two men. I, I didn't get to have a threesome with, um, with two women until I started dating my current nesting partner. And it was an ego booster. It was heaven for me. But now that I've done it a few times, I say that I prefer when there's two men and a woman.
1: Right, because of the work, because of what you just explained, which makes sense. Yeah,
2: yeah. And um, the other thing, you know, um, after the gastric bypass, losing all that weight made you know wonders for my sex life. I last longer, uh, my erections are better. Did your dick get bigger? Yes, yes. Okay, because I did
1: a whole episode on that, because and I googled it. Because I'm interested in everything. So did my, you gain?
2: Yeah, yeah. My my girlfriend and I listened to an episode as we were driving. I had the the cell phone YouTube on the cell phone, and we had a blast on that episode. <laughs> and yes, it is true. I mean, actually, that was uh, my ex wife. After the, the I had the surgery, she said, "No more anal sex with you. It hurts too so much <laughs> oh because my God. too big because it got too big." Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: so yeah, I mean, the gas. Gastric- so any of any of your listeners who are considering this. I would say it's a hard journey. There's a lot of work to get it insurance approved. And even even I've been out of the surgery for three years. I am not allowed to drink and eat at the same time. So I have to wait half an hour between food and, and liquid. Wow. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of things. And I'm going to be taking vitamins for the rest of my life. So it's not, and you know, and a lot of our work but totally worth it. Um, Let me ask you this, because I think
1: one of the biggest fears or what I would think happens Mm. and you've seen it is like, you know, because if your your skin is stretched out to be big enough that you needed the gastric bypass and then you take away all that fat where you lose all that weight. I mean, what happens to the skin? Do they do as a part of that surgery? Do they, is, do you get that skin removed or is it just hanging there? Cause isn't that an issue sometimes afterwards? Yes. I, it wasn't for me because I was actually, I wasn't that heavy. I was
2: heavy. I was, okay. I was an overweight, but yeah, I yeah. was borderline. I was just at the limit where I barely qualified for the, mm-hmm. for the surgery, but I still have a little bit of flappy skin. I have a tummy that hangs. It's not, and, but I, it's not that horrible. So, mm-hmm. For women who are or men who are way more overweight, it is a problem. And as I understanding, I understand that if you have skin issues, insurance would pay for your for your skin for your um,
1: the fixing of it, whatever. But it, yeah, it does exactly. help. It does right. I think that yeah. that makes sense that it would cover yeah. that afterwards because it's a part of that. But I'll tell you something about that
2: too. You know, people who are self um, Um, Who are nervous about that self-conscious. Yeah. Um, If see that skin is hidden, nobody sees it. So it just boots your morale to just not be that overweight. I do have a tummy that hangs a little bit. It's not the prettiest thing, but when I have clothes on, I look a lot better. And it just makes me a lot more confident. Right. What you're and saying is it's worth it. Even if you can't do the top, skin thing, you know, yes. you're
1: going to look better, feel better afterwards. Because, listen, most exactly. people aren't seeing you naked. So, <laughs> but exactly. everyone, so you're the majority of people, everybody is seeing you skinnier, which makes you feel great about yourself. And then the couple people that are well, with you, you're seeing a lot of people naked because you're a fucking swinger at nudist colonies. You've got a lot of relationships, but you got your yeah. dick is bigger too, so who cares?
2: And you know, in maybe the swinger the swinging community can be different, but the BDSM community is really body positive. Mm-hmm. Um, people and you know, people don't care. You go to these dungeons and and all sizes and colors and are getting beaten up. Nobody judges judges you. I, I it's really uh, the swing community, depending on the swing club and depending on 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 what city you are. It can be a little bit more more tricky on that. People tend to be a little bit more judgmental. But again, just find your people. Um,
1: who are your people? Are you? Would you say you're more aligned to the BDSM world or the swinger world or all of the above? I
2: am 50-50. 50-50. And so my ideal people, my people are the people who do both. So that's why I love this summer event, that it's a camping event for a week, because it's really that event has two spaces. One it's uh, they call it, uh, well, it's a dungeon, which is on a barn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, do you know what a San Andrew's Cross is? It's yeah. like this X, okay, this X where they tie up people. Mm-hmm. So it has San Andrew's Crosses and you get be And there's another part of that, of that event that they call it the Sexorama. And sexorama? Yeah. Okay. And it's basically a tent, a big tent with beds and people go there and fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I, and it's just a constant orgy, you know. There's treasons. and I mean, you you don't show up there and just fuck with random people. You meet them first, you know. You, you there has to be consent. Consent is key. Mm-hmm. And and so th- that's why my favorite event because both things happen. But I do identify more with the king people in a few fa- in a few um, areas. And I, for what I have observed. King, the BDSM, the life crowd—it's more of uh, direct about consent and have these conversations about negotiation. And for example, most king groups will have some sort that have grown will have some some sort of grievance process. Oh, he touched me inappropriately. So you know, um, I, sometimes it's a little bit too much of drama, but they take it very seriously. You can get banned from from a party from from violating somebody's consent. It's really... I find that a lot of swing clubs in big cities... It's a, you know, there's a lot of more alcohol, for example. Uh, in the kink world that's thrown upon, you don't get drunk and beat somebody because it can be dangerous. You don't get yeah. high and beat somebody. And while well, in the swing clubs, you know, getting hammered and then going to an orgy is more common. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that sense, I identify more with the kink people. I, I feel more comfortable in that world. Mm-hmm. I do... I do find that some kink people are a little bit uptight about sex, but you know it's fine to each their own. If they're so, in that sense, I'm a also more swinger. Yeah, you know, uh, we get along, we like each other. You're hot, I'm hot. Let's fuck. So. Um, yeah, so but, you, yeah, yeah, that's
1: interesting. The kink people being uptight. It's because maybe they're into like one specific thing, but they're closed off to other things. You mean in that kind yeah. of way? Yeah
2: yeah and people are very specific in the king world I'm yeah into that's spanking, what i mean. so- yeah
1: yeah 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 so
2: i'm into spanking and i go to spanking parties or i'm into rope yeah um and you know for example i learned a lot about the rope world dating my girlfriend and mm-hmm. she for example there's this girl that my girlfriend just had a scene with and and she's she's smoking i just saw them making out this weekend and oh i can't wait uh, to have your girl on she's gonna tell yeah. me all
1: these stories <laughs> and, and we have pictures of her on Patreon. You're going to give me some pics, right? Yeah. yeah I, okay. I,
2: I'll, I'll, she's going to give them to me tonight. And, yeah. um, so, but this, this, my girlfriend was really, Um. she didn't want to cross that line of, uh, you know, getting sexy with her because apparently there's this whole protocol when you are the top rope of somebody and you're tied up, it sometimes it's thrown upon getting sexual. You have to respect that. It's a different thing in the rope world. Yeah. It's, so, you know, and everybody's got their own little, little. Uh, things of how they do um you know i'm i'm very much in what we call impact play which Mm -hmm. is just basically giving you bruises you know with floggers and and paddles and canes i i do like chain restraint Uh, it's similar to rope but chain is a lot quicker you don't have to make the knots Mm -hmm. so i tied you up to the bed uh, with chains and I use these connectors so it doesn't require learning all these notes and all the time and it, it's just faster so in that sense you see but I'm telling you this and you're probably understanding and say okay somebody from the rope world will be judging me for saying this right now because right. I'm just a lazy bum who doesn't want to learn so no you're just <laughs> not
1: you're impatient you're not that's exactly. not for you I mean I think that that's cool I've had a shibari expert on and you know a lot of those it is it does look time consuming it's beautiful you know it's it's more like visually beautiful but i've heard from people that are into that world and it's a very different thing but it's very like you said it's very specific i love how you've broken things down uh even like the threesome difference you've told me some things that i just never heard before but even though i've talked to millions of people so you gave me a great episode Thank you so much for coming on. I cannot wait to get your open-minded girlfriend on. People, my listeners, of course, love listening to females that are like her, which is, you know, she's been open since the get-go, which is fascinating. So we're going to get her whole backstory. You've been great. I mean, I have really not had to say much on this episode. You just told uh, your story really well. And it was very informative, too on top of it, which I love. So thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story. Thanks, Carlos. Bye. Take care.
0: Bye. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Hey
1: everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube